Hello and welcome to the Tweed Coast Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message would inspire you, that it would build your faith, and that it would give you perspective on how God is moving in your life. So be blessed and enjoy the message. Good morning. It's so wonderful to be together. Hi, Palmy. If my brother and sister-in-law are up there, can you give them a big hug from me? I miss them and all my beautiful nieces and nephews and all my friends and church family. We love you guys. And hello to everyone at home as well. Good morning. I hope you are well. What a week. Another curveball of restrictions, but some wonderful moments as well. I was pondering on the week that our family had and we had some really beautiful family time yesterday. Jesse and the kids and I and my parents went out to the hinterland and we explored some waterfalls all around Wyan Wyan Falls and it was so stunning. We had such a good time. And in amongst it all this week, um, you know, it was so beautiful and it was just magical. And then Theodore got a tick in his ear, like a giant one, and he um, actually got quite sick. And so I, I was like, stunning day. And then I'm pulling this thing out of his ear and he's crying. And, you know, at my work this week, we had an amazing week. I was able to employ two new um, team members and they were so beautiful and at the same time I had to close my shop and I'm just thinking everything has has its highs and its lows, hey, you know it's not all waterfalls, sometimes there's ticks in ears and it's not all just hiring dream team members, sometimes you've got to close your doors and figure out new restrictions and all these things but I wanted to ask you what did your week look like? I truly wish I could um, see you and ask you and talk to you about it but I want you to bring it front of mind, you know the highs and the lows. And um, how do we walk this journey trusting God, Mm. not trusting in the highs, Mm. not getting knocked by the lows, Mm. but walking on a foundation of trusting in God? Yes. Yeah, that's right. I want to share a story with you. I'm going to come back to that thought in just a second. But I want to share a story with you. Some of you have heard this before, and it was from when I was a little girl. But I haven't actually shared the aftermath of the story. So here's the story, and I actually want to focus on what happened afterwards. So I was seven years old, and um, i just finished dinner with my family. And my mum was in the kitchen My father was downstairs in the garage and my sister and I were playing in the lounge room. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw someone walk into my bedroom. This person wasn't a member of my family. I went into the bedroom to see what was going on and I was face to face with a thief, with a robber. And this man was standing in my bedroom. I was about seven years old and I was um, eye to eye with him. And I will never forget his face, ever. I will never forget. Wait, little weird like point to this he was wearing overalls is that odd anyway so I'll never forget his overalls and I kid you not I didn't know brands at the time but he was wearing New Balance um, sneakers anyway I will never forget also the way that I felt and um, I'm aware there's many people listening that have had much um, tougher childhoods but for me it rattled me to my core that my private space had been, um, felt unsafe. And so from that night on, this was the aftermath of this, um, the robber, he left and he actually cut through a window in my parents' room and he left. And the craziest part was we actually had a policeman living downstairs in our granny flat and we had a staffy pit bull terrier. I was like, where were you both? Anyway, <laughs> um, but the robber left, but this is the point, the fear stayed in my heart. Years later, that situation was over. It was done. Even in a locked house, the fear was in my, ha- in my heart. Yes. Yeah. 
I had to um, sleep in my sister's room for years. I would crawl into her bed and fall asleep. My parents would take me back into my room and I'd wake up in the room where he was and I'd climb back into my sister's bed and then she'd like double um, foot kick me back out, go back to your bed. And um, and for years I couldn't um, be home alone. Even into my teenage years, I probably wouldn't have accredited um, the situation to causing this, but I actually, in even into my teenage years, slept with the full house lights on. Like full lights. I would go to bed. I'm like, ah, great, everything's so well lit, it's bedtime. And... Um, yeah, I was battling with fear. And so the robber had left, but the fear had stayed. You see, sometimes God gets us physically out of a situation, but the situation stays within you. Yes. Yes. Ooh. And God would say it like this to you. He says to you, once I get you physically out, I need to get it out of you. And this was the work that needed to be done. Some of us are living with trauma from years ago, days ago, maybe even moments ago, and we're carrying it around like a burden on our shoulders and we don't need to carry that thing, not since Calvary, not since the cross when Jesus died for all those things for us to live in absolute freedom. You see, as a teenager, I was actually full of faith. I really was. I had a great relationship with God. I believed in miracles. I was spending time with him. I was, um, you know, witnessing in my school and running lunchtime programs and all these things. I trusted in God in my heart, in my head, sorry, if you ask me, hey Vic, do you trust in God? I would say absolutely. But in my heart, there was this need for healing and freedom. There was this need and um, I still wouldn't go to sleep in the dark. So there was, yeah, I trust in God, but not with that. Oh no, no, I need the lights on. Um, See, it wasn't about the situation anymore. It was years ago. Now it had become an issue of trust. Trust for my future, trust for my safety. It become an issue of trust. Yes. I've been reading through Isaiah this month in my devotions and Isaiah actually addresses this issue of trusting in anything or anyone else other than God. And he mentions the Israelites. You see, God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, but we read all through Scripture that Egypt actually stayed inside them. Yeah. Oh, he delivered them out of Egypt, but Egypt stayed in their hearts. Yeah. Um, the captivity and the slavery and the dependence on Egypt for their safety, even though they were slaves. See, we are going to come out of this pandemic, but my message this morning is don't let the pandemic stay inside you. The effects of isolation and staying home and living in fear and restrictions is not what Jesus has called us to. Do you know how long, after reading Isaiah and everything Isaiah prophesied to the Israelites, I went back and I reread the Exodus story. Do you know how long out of Egypt that the um, Israelites wanted to go back and started whinging, complaining? Do you know how long it was? They weren't even across the river yet. It was 12 verses. One little hardship they hit, and they take me back mm-hmm. to the place that kept me captive. Yes. So I want to talk to you today about how to walk on our foundation of trust in God. Like I mentioned before, this week's had some highs and some lows and life has its highs and lows. How do we journey it while building a pathway on bricks of trusting in God? You see, we cannot trust in the highs. We cannot get rocked by the lows. We can only trust in the consistency of God. It's not all waterfalls. There's ticks too. (laughs) Do you know, I actually went for a little adventure with my cousin. Um, She's a city girl and she has a little boy Teddy's age and... um, We were adventuring and I was letting Teddy run wild through the forest and she wouldn't let her little boy into the forest. And I was like, why not? She was like, haven't you heard there's ticks in there? And I was like, oh, I pull a tick out of Teddy's face, head, bottom every other month. And she was like, seriously? I was like, yeah, that kid is a wild, you know, animal in the forest. And she goes, well, haven't you heard of Lyme's disease? And I was like, no, what's that? I Googled it. I was like, oh, my gosh, Teddy, get out of that bush. I was like, you know, there is so much that you could 
Yeah. And do worry about. Yes. There is just yeah. everywhere you go there seems to be a danger, especially as a parent. Do you know, the Israelites, they journeyed through the desert for decades and it was a trust issue. It wasn't that they were poor at navigating. It was a trust issue. It was a faith issue. Yes. I would say that some of the challenges that we are all facing in our world at the moment are actually issues of trust. They are not environmental ones. It's actually an issue of the heart and of trusting in God. So I've been reading through Isaiah and um, I came across a section where he actually speaks to this issue and to the Israelites. And he actually refers to the Israelites that are still thinking of Egypt. They're acting like captives even though they're free. So I want to read it to you from Isaiah 30 verse 1. Now, a little bit about Isaiah. (laughs) He was to the point, he was a straight shooter. He didn't like beat around the bush and be like, hey, you know how you're doing a really great job at life? Well, here's a little, um, you know, nice little injection of um, criticism for you. He just hits straight and he speaks on behalf of God. So these words are um, Isaiah writing them, but he speaks on behalf of God. And he says this, Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance but not by my spirit, heaping sin upon sin. So the very first thing I find in this verse, I'm going to read the rest of the scriptures um, throughout these points. I've got three points this morning. The very first thing I discover is that when we are walking on a foundation of trust in God, we include God in our plans. See, we need to ask God, how would you have me behave? What would you have me do in this situation? So the Lord actually says, woe to the obstinate children, those who carry out plans that are not mine. So, you know, asking things like, God, is this a man I should marry? <laughs> Lord, is this a job you think I should do? Being a pastor's kid and in ministry now for probably 20 years myself, I've seen some things and I've seen people accept jobs purely because they were offered them and the salary was good. Have you asked God where he would want you positioned? You know, have we asked God, do we include him in our plans? Lord, would you have, what would you have me give? God, how should I respond to this argument? Father, where should I serve in church? In the message version, it actually says, um, I love the message version. It says, doom you rebel children. <laughs> Sorry, imagine if I said that like down the camera today. Anyway, I'm not Isaiah. You make plans, but they're not mine. You make plans, but they're not mine. You know, um, in Hebrews, it speaks of a prophet that got sword in half and tradition holds it was actually Isaiah, probably because he was walking around pointing at world leaders, calling them doomed rebel children. Anyway, so <laughs> he was very straight to the point. To walk on a foundation of trusting God, you have to talk to him about your plans. You have to make the plans with him. Do you know, I would just add that sometimes when we're making plans, there's actually warning signs that pop up. Um, I was reading a news article of a young man that was driving around the cliffs of Italy and he was in a sports car. It was a red convertible and there was signs saying stop. Um, there was actually a barricade saying don't go any further. There was a sign saying slow down, not ahead, um, beware and he ignored all the signs and he came across a landslide and legit drove his car straight off a cliff. Um, you know, in this walk with God, there are warning signs. There are things that pop up. But I want to tell you, they are not there as a threat or by a God who's like a buzzkill trying to stop you having a good time. They're actually there to keep you on a path that leads to life. In Isaiah 30, 21, it says, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Let this voice lead and guide you and the peace that comes with it lead and guide you. I want to share a story with you from when I was in grade 11. I um, had my first boyfriend, ooh, ah, <laughs> and um, something just didn't 
feel right. So this man, he went to our church and he came from a really beautiful family. He was really nice. He was respectful. Um, you know, he paid for dinner. Thank you very much. Love that. That was a really, I really liked that. I was like, oh, I think I like this guy. Um, and <laughs> however, something didn't feel right. When I would talk to him really passionately about the things of God, he just didn't really vibe back to me. And I thought, I'm not sure, like, you are really into this the way that I am. And it was a little warning sign. Yeah. Mm. And to be honest, my stomach was doing backflips and um, I just didn't know what to do. So I actually spoke, to, I actually consulted God um, and I spoke to, I did. I was like, Lord, hmm. He doesn't seem to be as interested in you as I am. And um, I spoke to a wise can- like wise friend and the friend actually said to me, you know, why don't you go and make a decision about him but don't act upon it and see how you feel. And so that night I went home and I asked God and I thought, mm, it doesn't feel right, you know, I think I'm going to end it. And straight away I felt this relief felt this peace. So a few days later, I went up to him and it was really, really, really hard because one thing was I really liked him. And the other thing was that I actually really wanted a boyfriend. I was sort of heading into those senior years of school. Mum and dad had finally said it was okay. And I was like, I think I want a boyfriend. Anyway, I didn't want to hurt him, but I told him that it was over. I couldn't do that anymore. Anyway, that weekend, I noticed he wasn't in church. Hmm. And then over the next few months, he actually stopped coming. And then he never came back. And I thought, that's interesting. And young little 16-year-old Vic um, thought, I've actually dodged a bullet there because I could have fallen in love and I could have married that man out of comfort and possibly sacrificed my calling. And you know what happened? About two months later, I was at my little suburban church and up pulled this white van (laughs) and it was full of Polynesians and the back opened and out poured and I saw this handsome um, dad. He had aviators on and a big fro and he pulled up the back of the van and in the back on beanbags piled were these boys and out they poured into my church and one of them just came up and did the hucker in front. No, he didn't. Um, (laughs) I've actually got a photo to show you how this story turned out. Um, There he is there if you've got it. Hello, there he is, man of my dreams, young person, if you are yet to make this decision, can I tell you, consult God with your plans. Can you ask Jesus to give you a man that fasts and prays for you, to give you a man that when you come home and you've got a six-week-old baby, you go, darling, I think I'm going to start the, you know, start up the youth group at church, and he goes, you're made for this. That's the kind of man I wanted to marry, you know, one that loves Jesus more than me and is excited about it. Oh, all I could think about um, at the time was how uninspiring it would be to be married to someone who wasn't passionate about God like me. Let's make sure we talk to God about our plans. Because when I was talking to God about my plans, my father-in-law was actually seeking God too and moved his family here. God aligns things. Let's teach our kids to talk about their plans with God. Let's talk to our friends and remind them to talk about their plans with God. Let's be a community. This is in our language. We're like, have you checked in with God on that one? You know, have you spent God? Do you feel a peace in your heart from God that that's the right decision for you and your family? Lord, what would you have me do? I never want to be a person that gets to the end of this journey, this life, and didn't live a life consulting God with my plans. You make plans, but they're not my own. I don't want to hear those words from my king. When we don't include God in our plans, it says we actually trust ourselves more than God. And it's like building a house on quicksand. I want to build my house upon a rock. 
upon the consistency of God's character that will last for eternity. In this room, actually, I look around and I see people here that have done this. I think about the Tennies. Um, you can't see, but John Tenney's behind the camera this morning. And I, when I first met them and they came to church, they'd actually been um, following our church on Instagram for months before they came because they knew they were moving here. And they said to, and Tiff told me, she said she was doing the devotion that we were doing at the time, and they actually followed along with the month of prayer and fasting and the devotion before they even moved here because they're the kind of couple that before they move somewhere, they go, you know what, we need to position ourselves in God's house. We're going to find a church that suits our family and we're going to position ourselves there. I even think about Alistair who led worship this morning. He joined our church in the middle of the pandemic and he's like, hey, I can play guitar. I love to worship. Can I join the team? And Jesse's like, sure. Do you mind singing the camera in my lounge room this Sunday? He's like, yes, sign me up because he's the kind of man that consults God about his plans. Lord, what would you have me do? How would you have me act? And then it leads us on a path to life. I'm actually surrounded by people that do this. Let's be people that do this. Amen. Yes. Amen. So let's look at um, let's look at the next few verses. So it says, "Those who go down to Egypt without consulting me, let's not be those people. They look to help for help to Pharaoh for protection. They look to Egypt for shade and refuge, but Pharaoh's protection will be your shame, and Egypt's shade will bring you disgrace." So the second sign of someone that's walking on a foundation of trusting in God is that we look to him for our protection. We look to him for our protection. Isaiah's name actually means Yahweh saves and this is his message. So he is saying that you are saved. You are called out of captivity, out of Egypt. Stop looking back there for your help. Now, none of us need be concerned about actually physically visiting Egypt. If you want to do that, you can. What he's actually talking about is salvation. He is saying once you enter into the land that is the kingdom of God and you have made a decision to follow Jesus, you no longer need to look back at the world for protection. You ain't going to find anything there that is good. This includes consulting others before God, looking to news apps for how it's going to define your day, following government announcements, looking at Instagram and even well-meaning besties for the foundation of your life. None of those things are as consistent as a God that cares about you, that made you. We need to be people that walk on a foundation of trusting in God, consulting Him with our plans and looking to Him alone for our protection. Like Sam um, led um, prayer this morning, he said, I look up to the mountains for where my help comes from. That is the God that we serve. Isaiah says of Egypt in the next chapter that he says this, he goes, why would you look back to Egypt? Their horses are of flesh and not of spirit. And I thought about this. I'm like, why do we look to the world when it's of flesh and not of spirit? I would rather be riding some mythical unicorn out of danger. (laughs) The kind of one you read about in Revelation, you know, put me on that horse, a horse of the spirit, than some like aged donkey that is tired. And what I'm saying is give me the word of God over the word of man. Give me a horse of the spirit instead of the horse of the flesh. You can look into the world and you'll get like a nice little, you know, pat on the back. But if you want the strength to be able to journey the highs and lows of this life, you need to look to the Spirit, to where your help comes from, and look to God for your protection. Before I spoke of trusting in ourselves, and that's when we go and make plans without, you know, consulting with God, that's trust in ourselves. This point speaks to trusting in man instead of God. So make sure um, that we are trusting in God instead of man. You know, we easily forget to ask God about our plans. Sometimes we look to other things for protection. 
And we are riddled with worry and fear. I look around and I see it everywhere. Every conversation has these points in it. And the third point I have this morning is that we include God in our plans. We look to him for our protection, but we aren't worried. We aren't worried. Do you know there are one billion people in this app called Instagram? One billion. (laughs) 71% of those users are what the app would call active um, Jesse Beattie would be an inactive one, hasn't been on there since 2015. Anyway, it's <laughs> one thing I love about him. <laughs> um, anyway, get this, church. And then I'm not dissing Instagram. You don't need to go and delete it after this because Jesus told you. I'm just giving you a little bit of insight into what it does in your life. So um, the interesting thing is, is that most users are on there for one hour a day Whew, out of those 71%. So that's like 700 million people in the world are on Instagram for an hour a day. Now, out of that hour, it says apparently, the stats show, that it's um, in little two-minute, five-minute, little. So we are drip-feeding ourselves, other people's opinions, thoughts, fears, worries, concerns and highlights throughout our day. It's like, anyway, my sister was reading a book and um, it was about raising teenage girls and it was talking about, they did a full study into the effects of Instagram in our lives. This isn't just for teenage girls, it's for everybody. And they looked into it and they came up with... um, the conclusion that Instagram is good for absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, uh, science. This is science-based. Um, they came up, they looked at it really undeniable, and they said this is actually good for nothing. It breeds unhealthy comparison and anxiety. So what started off as an interest in news and updates and, you know, sharing photos has actually turned into a daily hit of worry in our lives. Now, once again, I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm just saying be aware of what it is we are drip feeding into our lives. If we are going to walk on a foundation of trusting in God, we need to do things that are actually helping us walk on a foundation of trusting in God. So remember, we do not look to ourselves. We do not look to man and we do not look to the environment around us for our faith for no fear and to trust. We need to look to God. So I'm not saying delete the app. I'm saying don't build your foundation or your life upon it. Don't let your opinions be swayed by it. You build your opinions based on God's word, on what he says. So it was interesting. I read a quote by June Hunt. She said, worry is actually a choice. It's actually a choice. And worry displeases God. When you worry, you reveal that you don't really trust in God to provide all you need. But don't we do it? Oh, my goodness. It's so easy to worry. Help me, Jesus. I feel like I do it all day. But I've got good news for you. God does not expect humanity to be perfect. He doesn't. He actually knows that humans aren't perfect. And his love, even when he looks down on us, his love is actually unconditional. It is consistent and it is continual. That is the God we serve. And so he actually looks down on us with pure delight and love. And he goes, would you follow me? You know, that voice behind you saying, this is the way. Would you come with me? So let's make sure that we consult God with our plans and we trust in him, not ourselves, that we look to him for protection and, um, and not to man and that we don't let our environment um, define how we worry. Yeah. I've run out of the time, but I really, would you write down Psalm 107, verse 1 to 3? Psalm 107, verse 1 to 3. And would you actually take the time to read it this week? You know, 
when I'm anxious about something, I'm worried or I'm concerned, I actually read scripture and I try to replace, sometimes it's real easy to go to Netflix or to go to Instagram to switch off and go, I just need to relax. But I've actually started to try and duplicate that pattern and look to the word of God or look to worship to um, replace those things that remind me not to worry. And Psalm 107 verse 1 to 3 shows a story of a God that turns things around full circle. So what we see is humanity that are tired, exhausted, hungry and thirsty and it has a God that turns them around, brings them to a place where they are refreshed and he actually feeds them and pours cold water down their throats, it says, because he actually quenches our thirst. So read that this week. Just in closing, I I wanted to share with you a little thought and um, the band, you guys can come up if you want. So I spend about 90 minutes to two hours a week cleaning my house. I know, thrilling stuff. Um, I start from the top and I work my way down and I end with vacuuming and mopping. And for some reason, whenever I finish, I turn down Beyonce, I get my cup of tea, I sit out on the balcony and I sit there and I think to myself, I do, I actually have this thought, I think, oh, thank God I'll never have to do that again. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, whenever I do chores, I think that they will now magically just keep up and I'll never have to do it again. It's the same when I stock my fridge. I've got all my meal plans done and I go food shopping. I put it all in there. I go, oh, thank God I'll never have to do that again. And, you know, I would actually say walking on a foundation of trusting in God is similar. One time is going to be two times, going to be three times. It's a daily ritual. It's fluid like that. You know, trusting in God is found in the daily rituals. It's found in the weekly scrubs and it's found in the annual spring cleans. It's actually a walking. And that's why the scripture refers to it as walking with the Lord. It's actually something. It's an active thing that we need to do on repeat and repeat and repeat. And so this is the good news is that it's not just one time. It's actually a lifestyle. So one bad decision or, you know, two or three, God catches you. And he brings you back on the path. He's still with you and he's walking with you. You see, I've trusted him last week. I'm trusting him today and I'm going to be trusting him tomorrow. So remember to consult God with your plans. Look to him for protection and break the addiction of worry in your life. Remember, we are out of Egypt. So we have to keep Egypt out of us. Whom the sun sets free is truly free indeed. I want to pray for you, church. If that was you this morning, I pray that you would feel joy at the hope that you can live like this. I don't want anyone to feel weighted or condemned um, by anything that's from the Word of God. That's not from Him. He wants to draw you in like a loving Father and delight in you and give you that unconditional, continual, consistent love that only God can give. Let me pray for you this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, I just pray for everyone dialing in this morning, all our um, beautiful families up in Palm Beach. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to walk this life, the highs and lows, trusting in you. Lord, let us build our foundation, not on ourselves, not on man, not on um, the environment around us, but build the foundation of our lives on trusting in you, God, in your consistent character. So, Lord, I lift up all our decision-making, all our plans, our hearts, Lord, all our worries and our fears. And I ask, Lord, you replace those things with your plan, with your heart and with your faith. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you would like to connect with us, we would love to connect with you. Jump on our website, tweetcoastchurch.com.au for ways to stay in touch. Or follow us on Instagram at tweetcoastchurch. Well, that's it from us. Have a fantastic week.